Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 1287 Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 WEPI. All right, back here on the Martin Kitchen Show. 401-777-1037 is the phone number if you want to chime in on the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> tough loss last night, tough scene, um, you know, rolling over. I mean, that's what it looks like. And it's, a sh- you know, what was, I'll tell you, Kitch, one thing that rattled me, um, yeah. cause I didn't realize this. I did a show from the Red Sox pregame show on Sunday and this popped up after, um, Going into this week against who did they play this week? It was the they finished the series against the Dodgers, then they had the big series against Houston. I didn't realize that after the game on Sunday, the Red Sox against teams with a record above five hundred were only five hundred themselves. <clears throat> that kind of crept up on me. I thought they were better. You know what I mean? I thought they had a winning record against teams with a five hundred or right, like the good teams. Um so that sort of because I know they've struggled, they've had bad series against bad teams. When I saw that they were only now five hundred against the good teams too, uh, that that rattled me. And then they went out and got swept by Houston. Let's go to um, let's let's go to Matt and Warwick who wants to chime in. Matt, good morning. Hey, how you doing, guys? So, Don Darrow, you, you you don't think if if they had Mookie Betts that they would be a contender in the, in the American League right now? No. I don't think their pitching is good enough to do anything close to win a championship. They might be a contender. They might have won a few more games and been closer to the playoffs. Winning a championship, no. I mean, remember, Matt, they, Matt, they, they were, what did they finish in 2019 with Mookie Betts? Um, Not good. I mean, that season was over by right. April 15th. That season was over with Mookie Betts. You got to have more than just the star. So, the Angels have stars. You yeah. got to have more than just that. Sorry, go ahead. You're right. You're right. So let's go with the pitching thing. Like I can see this coming from a mile away when um they're doing the um all the guys out of the bullpen with the starting the games and well, whatnot. They they all got burnt out, and you know just um oh, sorry my voice is gone. I didn't realize that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all good, buddy. It, it, it's time bloom. You got to go. You can't make a deal. Like, look at the last two trade deadlines. It's it's great that your farm system is like doing so great, but. The whole point of that is to deal those guys. They have no pitching in the farm system. You know, they're going to have to go pay for pitching, so I hope I hope they do so. Thanks, guys. 
Well, that call by Matt was brought to you by Ricola. Um, yeah, look at what he's done. Nothing. Um, you've made absolutely minor moves outside of Schwarber. Hosmer, that's nothing. And you got San Diego to pay most of that anyway. Um, <clears throat> he's done nothing really to be able to add to this team over the last couple of years uh, of any note. His pitching plan is awful. It's awful. And I don't care. I've never really cared about the the Baseball America or any other publication's ranking of the minor league system. When I see that, I go, okay, great. How many of these guys can we trade for established MLB players? Especially when you consider at the trade deadline this year, what were they, two games out of first, uh, out of the playoffs, out of the wild card spot, two and a half games? I mean, Madden. Yeah, and he gave us, a, you know, a bullcrap answer about the odds, the odds, the odds, without, you know, taking into account that the odds change if you add a better player. In theory, your odds get better. Um, and, and they were looking to deal away one of their best players in Turner. That's the other frustrating thing, too. He's no faith in the team he's actually built. It's like he's continuing to wait around almost for job security more than anything. He's too afraid to make the big move. Yeah, he hasn't taken anything. I don't blame him for Mookie. I, he was put in an awful situation for that. I don't blame him for Mookie at all. I don't, even though it wasn't a great trade, a great return, whatever. I don't. There were very few options for him. He had very little time to put something together. I, I don't really blame him for that. I blame ownership for that, but I don't blame him for that. But I look at all the other things. Letting Evaldi walk for nothing when you could have had him relatively cheap and had an established starter at the top. And then now you can have Bayo and Paxton be your two and three. Now you feel much better about that rotation. And then you have that three main, you know, granted, you know, they're always hurt. But you have Sale and Hawk, Hawk and uh, what's his name? Whitlock. So you have these other guys that could have been your fourth and fifth starter rotating out or four, five, and six if you wanted to go for a six-man rotation. Save the arms. But you didn't do that. You didn't have a plan there. You waited around, and then you signed Corey Kluber for $10 million, which was just a few million short of what you're paying Evaldi. Where's the genius here? Where's the Yale-educated... Guy that that's supposed to be outthinking other people. Mm -hmm. He's managing this team scared and to, or you know, general managing this team scared and to keep his job for as long as possible. Because if you build up the farm system, they're going to let you stick around to see the fruits of your labor. So if you're constantly kicking that can down the road a little bit, you get more time. Well, I think that's that's a ridiculous way to manage this position that you're in if you're high in bloom. But um, tell me, tell me that it, it's any different. It's just so clear, Ben. What happened? I mean, we were for a minute there hinging all of our hopes on Brian Bayo and and James Paxton, and Brian Bayo and James Paxton. Guess what? Did exactly what honestly they're probably supposed to do. You know, fade away. They're not horses. They're not studs. You know, baby, maybe Bayo becomes that one day and you can find a way to make They're not studs. So I'm just saying we need, there needs to be more done 
And, and I don't know if it's High and Bloom that's going to be able to do it, but I do have a take on High and Bloom that I want to make. Is there is there Bernie on the line? Can somebody is Devin there? Is Bernie on the line or no? Yeah, he is. Okay, let's talk to Bernie on the Bernie from Situate. He wants to talk. Let's go, Bernie. Good morning. Hello, I'm Tom Patriots football. Can you tell me about this quarter Panthers quarterback Corral? Is he like a Peyton Manning where he throws a lot of touchdown passes? No, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about. Uh, thanks for the call, Bernie. We'll talk more about Corral in a few minutes. So, so stay stay listening to that. We'll definitely dissect that acquisition by the Patriots in a few minutes. But you know, let's stick to the Red Sox here. Mark, you wanted to make a point about High and Bloom. I didn't catch what Bernie said. Did you catch that catch? Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to know about Matt Corral. So we're we're gonna ignore that for now. We're gonna go to that starting next segment. But let's keep it on the Red Sox. Mark, what was your point on High? Hey, Dev, did we lose Mark? I don't know. I can't even hear him. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. You're big help right now. I don't know. Listen, there is no real plan with this Red Sox team. Let me know when Mark's back. I'll just have to vamp talking about this god-awful Red Sox team for a few minutes. There's no plan here. There's no plan. So as much as I, you know, I look at that and go, well, why does ownership just not care anymore? And what can we do about that to get them to have a plan again? As long as High and Bloom's there, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to wait forever for these kids to come up? Well, we know the percentage on these kids, these prospects out of the minors. It's not great. Even when you have this top flight uh, minor league system that's ranked you know, top five in baseball America, how many of them are going to hit? One or two. So you identify that one or two, keep him, deal the rest. But we're not doing that yet. Are we going to do that? Because that's a surefire way. If you believe somewhat in this team, and as, as crappy as this team can be, and as frustrating as they are, as much as we kind of hate them at times, there's still a few games over 500. There's still going to be a team that ends up winning 83 games. In a division. In a tough division. So they're not that far away. If you look at it and go, okay, let's identify that one or two guy in the minor leagues. This offseason, let's start dealing away the rest of them. Add to the pitching staff. Get a couple of guys that are, you know, a little bit better defensively. Figure out a spot for Rafael Devers. Move him off of third base. Start formulating that plan. Well, here's the problem. Devers sucks now. He's not good defensively. Not only is he not good defensively, he can't play. So there's problems right there that you're going to have to figure out. Um, even though we like, I mean, we certainly like Devers. I like, like Yoshi. On his deal, yeah, All right, Mark, this is driving me crazy. I'm hearing like every fifth word. Just dump off of that thing and hop on the Zoom session. Okay. The Comrex just isn't working for us. Um, <clears throat> sounds like you're a robot that needs an update. It's awful. Um, yeah, when, when you look down the line of it, you go, okay, there's a couple of promising pieces there. But then there's other pieces that you're like, okay, I need to deal you a way to solidify some other things. So Yoshida, not a great defender. 
I'm okay with him in left. I mean, Manny Ramirez did it forever, and he was awful. If you surround that guy with some better defenders in center or in third or whatever it is, you can hide that. Devers, you need to figure that out. You just need to move him to DH and swallow the pill that you paid too much for. Or deal him. Or deal him. I'm not opposed to it. Cassis? He's fine. 23, 24 years old. Power slugger. Again, there's a couple of pieces there that are fine. But then when you look around it and go, okay, you need help at, you're going to need help at catcher. You need to figure out the second base shortstop situation. Really, it looks like you need to figure out the second base situation. You need to figure out third with Devers. You need to figure out center or right. And you need to figure out basically your top three starting pitchers. Who are they really going to be? Because to me, I'd feel most comfortable if Bayo's the third. At 24, 25 years old, you bring in a couple of established guys that are a little bit you know, better than he is right now. Let him grow into that role. Have him be the third. Now I'm starting to look at a team that I, I kind of like. But you have a lot of places you need to figure out. And you need to figure it out really quickly. Because High and Bloom, you're not going to... If this goes on another season like this, there's no way you're staying. Even if I feel like the ownership does not care that much. Because I don't think they do anymore. Because they want to be in Vegas with LeBron owning an NBA franchise in a sport that's growing globally. What they've allowed to happen over the last two years is ridiculous. The thing has been they don't care. No. They don't, like I said, they don't care. It's a real estate play to them. Then. And this is one of the things I, I've always hated about owners <clears throat> owning sports teams. Don't own it like it's a regular old business. Because it's not a regular old business. It's not. I always hated Dan Snyder. What a douchebag that guy was. But this ownership group needs to figure it out. They, they've, they don't pay attention to the team very well. They overreact. He made a ridiculous play with Devers. I like Devers. I think he's going to be, you know, what he is. A guy who's going to hit between 260 and 280 and get you mid-30s home runs. Good. Not great. All-star. Far from MVP. They've got a lot of work to do. And they need to figure it out soon. You know another team that's got a lot of work to do? And they're running out of time to figure it out. In fact, they're pretty much out of time to figure it out. The Patriots. You go all summer. You've got a mediocre starting quarterback. He's mediocre. Average at best. He's still not in the realm of the Kirk Cousins and the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. Still trying to get to that level. Then you go wipe out your quarterback room. On cutdown day. And what's your solution? All right, we'll try and get Bailey Zappy back so he can be a practice squad guy. So we're demoting it, like triple demoting him. Malik Cunningham, we'll get him back. We'll get him on the practice squad. Good. That's the right move. That's the right decision. I'm fine with that. But our answer at the quarterback position is to bring in another project. Question call connected. 
Yeah, you're on. Mark, you there? And now he's gone again. This is so much fun. When I look at what the Patriots have done this offseason, which is virtually nothing, basically sat on their hands, and everyone congratulated them for bringing in Bill O'Brien because it wasn't the same disaster move. But that's all they did. That's all they did. You replaced your top wide receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who's hurt and not more productive than the guy you gave up. You brought in Mike Isicki, who showed a couple of little flashes down in Miami, but overall was an average tight end. You did nothing to address the offensive line. Nothing of real substance. You're on, Mark. You got did me. nothing there. Yeah, I got you. Sorry about that. It's all good. I'm just railing on the Patriots now. Okay. I moved on from the Red Sox because I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Keeping the train I, I moving. One more point before we, we put this to bed completely, but keep going. I'm just really... I kind of am at a point right now with the Patriots where I kind of hate the organization. I love the Patriots. But I hate what they have become over the last couple of years. Similar to how I feel about the Red Sox. I hate what you've become. You went from a smart organization to a dumb organization in a matter of a couple of years with a lot of the same people in place. I don't know how that happens, but they managed to pull it off. Did you want to circle back to the Red Sox? I mean, the Red Sox are similar to the Patriots. It's, it feels like to me. You hearing me? Yeah, yeah I got you. But the one thing I think, in terms of where they are and with High and Bloom, I just feel like with what I've seen from High and Bloom, like you mentioned the Yale stuff and where's the genius, I do think at my core, he does have the ability to make the moves that could lead to becoming a championship team. What I mean is we've seen this happen with some of the big market teams that have some of the stars whether that's the Angel, like the Angels are the poster child for this, obviously, but even the Dodgers, uh, teams that have some stars that haven't been able to get over the hump and consistently win World Series. They won the one in the pandemic year. Good for them. Yeah, but you got to at least give them credit. They've been a true World Series contender every single year. Every single year, but that's in large part, Kitch, because they're buying stars, which is fine. Um, the Dombrowski model, fine. Uh, it's the Phillies. They're another team. I I'm just saying... You need to, we talked about like the Theo, the old Red Sox. That's what he did so well. He was able to, to manage the young guys, the, the ancillary pieces, the role players, find those chips to help put the team over the top while being a big spender and going out and get the guys. And why I'm, why I'm, I, I'm optimistic still in a way. I mean, I don't know if the mentality is ever going to change, but what makes me somewhat still optimistic is that high and bloom, I feel like, if he had the horses, the pitchers, the meat in the lineup, in the middle of the lineup, he could go out and identify those types of players that could get you over the top to help you become a championship team. The the Ryan, I'm not Ryan Brazier, but I'm saying, you know, the Garrett Whitlock type moves, the Alex Verdugo type moves, the Kike Hernandez type moves, those types of guys who could come in or come up from the farm 
and contribute to a championship type of team. Keeping Jaron Duran, not trading away Duran, or not trading away Cassis. The problem is he hasn't done the fun stuff. He hasn't done the stuff that I think almost anybody could do. Guess what, Kitch? Here's what we're going to do. Am I a G? Am I a baseball executive? No. But if, if Shohei Otani becomes available, guess what? The Red Sox should go get him. I've identified that he's a good player. So I don't need to be a baseball executive to know, hey, this guy is a really good player. Get him. I think what happened, that's part of the problem, the Orioles, the Rays. That's great. They've identified all these young, like these talented young guys, and they're in contention. But they have a problem because sometimes when push comes to shove, they don't have the horses in the playoffs, the studs, the pitch, whatever it is, and they fall short. Oakland A's, Moneyball. The big teams, the Angels, they have some of the big-name stars, but they can't, for whatever reason, supplement those stars and build a team worth winning a World Series. Maybe Bloom is it. That's why the Angels should go out and hire high and Bloom if they keep Shohei. I think he could do some good things with the stars in place. But you have to marry the two, and I think sometimes finding those ancillary pieces is harder they're just going out and doing what I just did. Otani's good. Sign him. Betts is really good. Sign him. You know, those obvious stars. You just have to have the 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 notebook, the checkbook to get them. I think the hard part is doing what Theo did. Okay, we're going to trade Nomar for Cabrera and Mankiewicz. You know, we're going to bring in some of the other guys that he brought. Or we're not going to give up X in the farm system. We're going to keep him, but we're going to also trade this guy. Knowing who to trade, who to keep, who to who to invest in, and who not to invest, who to give up on. Those are the harder moves than just going out and signing an established bona fide superstar. No crap, that guy's awesome. And if if I think if Bloom could just get on board with opening the damn checkbook and and getting some of these horses, he would have success because he could get the younger guys, the ancillary pieces, to rise up and help complement the big-name players. That's my thought, that they have a guy that can do the hard part. He just needs to open the damn checkbook. Your thought? A lot of faith. We haven't seen him do that. I mean, you know, he had star players last year. Didn't do that. You had Devers last year. You had Xander last year. J.D. Martinez was still a good player. Not what he was four or five years ago. You had Evaldi, who's very good. You had the core of a decent team. He didn't put those guys there last it's year. It's hard when you look back at the 2018 Red Sox and you look at what they were in that roster and just look at what they are now. It's real hard. And they're in the worst place you can be, stuck in the middle. You brought up some of those other teams. You know, you brought up the Orioles. Well, the Orioles basically had a decade to bottom out and compile as much talent as they could in the minors. You know, they were basically following what the Astros did. But the Astros had stars. But, they got stars eventually. Yeah, they got they brought in stars to complement the, the young guys that they brought up and did a good job with that. But again, you can't pull that off in Boston. You can't be a last place team in Boston for five or six years, right. seven years, and just compile and compile and compile and wait and hope. You're not going to have a job that long. So instead, we're kind of stuck in the middle, floating around. Again, not as bad as we're kind of talking about it, but not good either. 
You're stuck right in the middle. That's my same problem with the Patriots. What's the plan, and why are we just going to stay floating in the middle? Man, Mark's internet absolutely blows today. Um, All right, Mark, we're going to try and figure it out, get you reconnected. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to take a break. Uh, I don't know the number off the top of my head. I'm not in the studio this week, so Devin, just hit it. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 